even when there was something quite big going on, I mean, I remember going through several wars back in the 80s, right through to the last recession. And you see it, you'd observe it and you'd sort of process it and discuss it. And then there'd be a, a reaction. Whereas now, even for the older generation, because it's in our faces all the time, it's on our phone, it's on social media. What I'm seeing is a different reaction now. It's a panic style of reaction. Hello, this is Dr. Rowe, and you're listening to the Growth Tribes podcast with Dr. Rowe and Harms. This is the podcast where two completely different generations tackle the most challenging topics that people are facing today. Above all else, the main reason that we chose to develop and record these podcasts is because we both have a passion for helping people go through life transformation, for improving their lives, for taking their lives to a completely different level. And it's our hope, our genuine sincere hope, that by the end of each of these episodes, you'll have gained at least one insight that you can take away and apply directly into your own life practical tools, voices that come in from both generations, the younger generation with tips and tools and the older generation with a sense of wisdom and experience so that you can help unlock your true potential to give the opportunity to make changes both on a personal, professional, financial and relationship level and to give you a chance to impact both your lives and the lives of other people around you. So we welcome you. Welcome to the Growth Tribes podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Growth Tribes podcast. It's Harms here and we've got a bit of a special episode today because as we know right now in the world, COVID-19, this virus which is spreading globally, is creating confusion, is creating fear, it's creating a level of what do I do? What do we do as a, a group of people, as well as as an individual, as well as a family? So I've got Ro with me as always, and we want to explore, Ro, what's your thoughts on what's happening now? And what do we want to leave the listeners with after this episode? Thanks, Harms. First of all, a message, I guess, from both of us all appreciate that these are troubled times for a lot of people. And I think for us, first of all, we want to just send our, our love and our warmth and consideration out to all your families and if you are experiencing you know if you're experiencing a member of your family that's that has got the disease the virus and and is struggling you know we hope that you take something from this particular episode and at the same time it might be that there's some insights some wisdom and something that comes from this that you can share not just on a personal level with your own family but people around you and maybe encourage them to have a listen to this particularly if there's a lot of stress and confusion going on sometimes it's nice just to have a different perspective and a different voice and what I thought today would be useful harms bearing in mind the years I've been in different circumstances with people through recessions through even families going through their own meltdowns and changes and illnesses but also economic challenges as well to try and bring a bit of a structure to how maybe people could spend the next two to three months looking at their lives and reflecting but at the same time managing the current situation and learning I guess the simple way to look at this is think of it as two worlds. There's the world that you're currently living in, in terms of your global experience of the world, what's happening in the news, the media, outside of your family. And then there's the world that is your family, the day-to-day -day existence, the living, the survival, whatever you want to call it over these coming weeks ahead. 
So if you had a piece of paper and you're drawing this up, I would actually say draw one circle with you in the middle and your family in that circle. That's that protective place that you've got to create. And then outside of that, there's what's happening in the world. And there's this integrative zone that exists right on the boundary of your family and where your family now interacts with the world around you. And it's that spillover which on a day-to-day basis, it's just a grey line. It's a blur. It's almost a boundaryless situation because we do, on a day-to-day basis, live in and out of the world that's outside us. But unfortunately, now we're put into a situation where that boundary is becoming very clearly defined. And I think for a lot of people, that boundary, they've never had to manage that. And it's the crossover between the two. So I think that's quite a good way to walk into this this podcast does that make sense Harminder? that makes sense and and in terms of boundaries i guess my generation for those who've who weren't maybe in the recession and the financial crisis in 2008 this is the first time my generation are seeing anything like this so i guess what we can do though is you know if there's a way to wrap this up at the end of it it would be a hopefully some they are left with the listeners amazing listeners at home are left with a steadying voice to help guide them through the course of what's happening at the moment. And like you said, insights. And again, these are these will be our opinions, but these are opinions that have been formed from, you know, Rohan working with many people over many years and applying those learnings to what's happening here on a global scale. Is that fair to say? Yeah. You know, you do a lot of work with younger people now, as well as the people you work with on the seminars that we go to who are older. So I think it's quite nice to have the two voices coming in. Uh, Normally, we have an action plan, which which I don't think is necessarily appropriate to today's podcast. But actually, in the conversation that we're having, I'm hoping there are certain things, actions and philosophies and thoughts and maybe things that you can take away from this. Well, let me implement this straight away, particularly those of you in the UK right now, as we go into a lockdown, I think it's going to happen in the next 48 hours from when we're recording this. And for those of you in other countries, you may be in that situation right now. So I think let's just jump in, Harms. In fact, I don't think I want to have a finish. I'd just rather, if it's okay, we work through these different elements and finish with maybe a rounded final message to to encourage people to stay positive. Okay, I love that. So let's start with the a simple question on if somebody is maybe living under a rock and they're not actually aware of what's happening at the moment. In terms of an emotional level, what is happening out there in the world right now from your opinion, Ro? Yeah, Look, I mean, if we take this all the way back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and and if you've ever listened to me talk about this or happened to be in the growth tribes environment with us inside the community, this subject that comes up quite often, and we, we ran it at our last gathering, these six basic needs that every human being has, one of them, of course, is survival. And when your survival is threatened, pandemonium in your world because the the highest level of the six levels of need or hierarchy of need is that is the ability as a human being to to want to desire to to be able to give and contribute to other people but when your world is been threatened when your life has been threatened when your finances has been threatened your health has been threatened your family's been threatened it's very hard for a person to in that moment think of other people and to be able to focus on contributing at a greater level to the world which is why if you look at Maslow's pyramid those needs are at the top as opposed to the bottom which is our survival needs that's what's being threatened right now as we speak so I mean I'll work through so I guess what we're saying Ro is it's almost like if you look at that pyramid and Maslow's hierarchy of needs because of what's being fueled and in terms of messages and the feeling people are having those entire top layers are wiped off and now we are all almost back in a mental state of we're in survival mode 
and we're seeing people's behavior as if they are in that survival mode. And what emotions are those then triggering out there? So I guess the first one, I mean, there's, you, there's so many. Some people react in different ways, anger, etc., elation, confusion, completely just indifference. I think the first one to tackle is confusion. There is so much information coming at us from different places. Social media is rife with facts, but also fiction and hypotheses and conspiracy theories. And depending on your nature, your level of development, emotional development, your personal growth, how you react to that will be different. So, you know, yesterday I overheard a conversation in a shop where one lady says, literally in a panic state i didn't think she was going to get out of her door tonight as in last night and you know she just literally bags and bags of food whereas the gentleman she was speaking to was saying well okay so what they're suggesting is is this and he was going through a more logical approach and he said to her in reality it's likely that you'll still be able to get out and to get your essentials. And she goes, oh, no, no, no. My son's told me we will be locked down, meaning that the houses will be locked. They'll probably be patrolling the streets and we can't even go outside of our house. So there's completely different extremes. And added mm. to that are the public announcements. I think the government announcements, personally, this is my view in the United Kingdom, have left, been wanting, or been left wanting for more clarity. So another example was today, I was at a shopping counter, stood behind an elderly lady, and she's saying, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm coming here now because I know I'm not going to be able to get back out because we're told as elderly people, we're not allowed to go out the house. And the lady said to her, well, that's not exactly what I believe they're saying. I think what they're saying is, it's best to stay in the house. But if you need essentials, we're opening up one hour earlier for you. We're opening up at eight o'clock instead of nine o'clock. The general public can't come in, but you're allowed to come in earlier and get your food and go back to your home. So there's a little bit of safety for you. And then the other lady was saying, oh, no, no, but I, I thought we're not allowed out of our houses. And the lady said, I don't think that's what they're saying. Now, this is a major issue. My mum's 76, 77 years of age, and even she's confused. So we've, we've also got the schools. You know, we've chosen to take our daughters out of the school and, and they haven't gone in all week. Our school is actually closing down tomorrow anyway. Some people said to us, oh, is that because, oh, do we have to take them out? And we said, no, no, my, you know, my fiance is Danish and she's been following the philosophy from Denmark. And we've made a decision between the two of us. We're just going to keep them back and they can study from home this week because the feeling is it's going to go that way anyway. So the confusion isn't just at a home level, it's in this outside world level as well. And of course, that's spilling into the home, creating stress in the families, husbands and wives confused about what's going on. It's quite worrying to see the extent of that confusion. I don't know if you agree with that, but that's certainly what I'm seeing at the moment. It's, it's a massive level of confusion. And that's spreading uh, across all age groups, by the way. It, it, it is. And when you then attach, like you mentioned, social media to that, you know, it's an incredible, it's like having all of those feelings on steroids because you increase the confusion by 10x, you increase the lack of control, the anger, the fear, all by all those emotions that you just described there are literally 10x because of the amount of information being published. And it's almost minute to minute. So if you take the big media news outlets, they're all producing an article. Now, everybody's article is going to be slightly different. It's going to be written slightly different. They're going to attach their own opinion to what statement's been made. They're going to attach their own, what does this mean? Okay, so the PM said this, so what does that mean? And they're going to attach their own opinion to that or confused message to that. Now, if I follow one news outlet and somebody else is following another news outlet, that just amplifies the confusion. So I think with 
social media, if not used appropriately, or if these companies are not using it properly, or if we do not absorb that information sensibly, then certainly this is what happens. So, well, we've described these now emotions. I really want to get as quickly as possible into not quite action points, but the discussions of what pe- what we believe people can focus on. And what so based on all these emotions, what are you observing out there? Like on a practical level, what have you seen? Because I know you've been out and about doing bits and pieces. What have you actually seen observing? And you've just recently been presenting to an audience as well. Well, okay, so this is a great question. Just before we go on to that, actually, I want to swing it back to you in just a moment to get your considerations on what do you think the younger generation's doing at the moment. So going back to what's happening, I think the other thing as well is that people are feeling a sense of lack of control. So this is going to lead to what I'm observing in a moment. But so lack of control, meaning, you know, how am I going to be able to earn my money? Uh, Who's going to look after the kids? This is a conversation I'm hearing a lot at the moment from parents that are coming into the shops near us. I've got obviously other parents. Oh, gosh, got to do homeschooling. Fortunately, they're not having to go into work, so they can be at home. But there's suddenly this reactive behavior. So typically, confusion, go back to what's happening, confusion leads to reactive behavior, meaning instead of people proactively saying, right, let's plan, they're just running to supermarkets, grabbing stuff off the, off the shelves and buying mass amounts of food just in the event that they don't quite know what's happening. So confusion leads to lack of clarity, leads to lack of control. Then you've got fear, fear directly linked to anger. So some people go into a place of fear, others get into a place of anger. Why didn't we get told this earlier? Why didn't they react to this differently? And there's these two levels of consciousness, one being you go into a shop and I see somebody who, for example, is taking a moderate amount of food or, or toilet roll off the, off the shelves. Somebody else mm-hmm. just literally wiping their arm across the shelves and just gathering it into a bag, just chucking it into a bag and then just bolting shop literally truckloads of food coming out the store so this whole thing that's happening i think is very much down to people's level of consciousness and i don't want to categorize people because i don't think it's fair to say it but if you think of it from a human level of consciousness there are people in the world that are more conscious and maybe guided on a on a principle of a more even approach to it and, and trying to be more abundant in their thinking and then there's another level of consciousness which vibrationally is lower which is fear driven lack driven and you know sod you i'm just going to get what i can and run and stockpile it and just live off that in the hope yeah the word the word equanimous you know feeling at equilibrium not reacting too extremely on either side so not worrying too much not fearing too much but also then not acting in a way like you've just explained there which is you know stockpiling and this kind of behavior that's been driven from, I imagine, from the fear, the lack of control. Okay, I don't have control of my weekly shop now, so I better just stockpile because I don't know what's going to happen without the consciousness to think about somebody else, other categories of the population. And also that feeling of just being equanimous and saying, actually, if we carry on and behave as we normally would, then there'd be enough stuff on the shelves for everybody, that kind of behavior. Yeah, no, I agree. And this kind of leads into your other question, which was like, you know, what are we observing? I'd be interested to see if you're seeing the same thing from the younger generation. My generation have a slightly different approach to it. So if you're 50, 55, 60, late 40s, mid 40s, we didn't grow up necessarily with social media. So we would traditionally lean on the news, on the radio, TV, newspapers. And there was always this reading of it, you know, even when there was something quite big going on, 
I mean, I remember going through several wars back in the 80s, right through to the last recession. And you see it, you'd observe it and you'd sort of process it and discuss it. And then there'd be a, a reaction. Whereas now, even for the older generation, because it's in our faces all the time, it's on our phone, it's on social media. What I'm seeing is a different reaction now. It's a panic style of reaction. And even for the older generations, that little bit of shit, instead of proactively pausing and thinking, okay, what's the best plan of action for us as a family? Where are we financially? Where are we physically, emotionally, health-wise, food-wise? It's like, shit, everyone else is doing this. I need to do that too. Um, that's what I'm personally seeing. But I'm noticing a difference between communities. And I'll share this before I come back to my question to you. So I went to one town today, which you know fairly well because you live close to it. And it's more of a general population of people. And I went in. It's the nearest large supermarket to us. And I popped in early to get a few things that I knew that we were missing, including, for example, some extra toilet roll, things like that. And what I saw was, for example, I was in a queue as I went in. And then I kind of bypassed the queue because everyone was queuing for something specific. And I went round and I started to go down the aisles. And I got to one aisle where there was tissues and, and things like that. And this woman, I was stood there and there was, I think there was like five sets of boxes of tissues there. And this woman looked behind me and she saw that I was standing there looking to go. And we literally arrived at the same time. And I just slowed down to let her go first. She was probably late 30s. And she looked around at me out of the corner of her shoulder and she literally took her bag and she went, one, there's five, bear in mind, five boxes no, of tissues. No way. One, two, three, four. She went for the fifth, paused, looked around at me and then put it into a bag and literally just walked down the aisle really quickly. I looked at it and there's nobody else behind me. I just thought, fuck it. Well, I'm just going to take this one box. <laughs> and I put this one box of tissues in my bag. And I just thought that epitomizes this sense of fear, this sense of lack, this kind of desperation point. Scarcity. Yeah, scarcity. Interestingly enough, there was there's another row where there was wet wipes, you know, wet wipes to sort of wipe your hands and things like that. Mm -hmm. And there, there was a gentleman there who was, my 23 24 25 years of age stood there and there was a small bunch of these wet wipes left three or four boxes left on the counter and there's this two really nice elderly couple there with their one of them had a zimmer frame you know one of these metal frames and then the other one was a gentleman with a stick and they must have been i don't know late 60s early 70s obviously come out of their house they hadn't realized the store opens early so they just arrived i guess with a mass of people i was at about quarter past nine and this young guy was there and literally these this wet wipes and I could I was behind them as I was coming round them and I could hear them saying I really think we should get some of those we don't have any antibacterial stuff and you know he was talking about how she'd spilt food the night before and I think we need to just use those to wipe your hands and she said oh good idea there's enough there like there's three or four there and this guy literally just went Vroom, and just he knew they were there he did the same thing he bagged everything except for one and then he walked off and I just thought Oh, man, there was no consideration whatsoever. And it's not for me to be judgmental, but it's more about observing people's level of consciousness. So that was two different age groups. So one was in his 20s. The other lady was probably late 30s. But it's the same behavior. And I guess in the back of my mind, Harms, I'm just and this is another question we can come to is if you're there with your kids and you did that, knowing that there's people behind you because kids are more considerate you know they walk away oh mommy what about that old lady that was behind us mom's like no no we just got to take what we can and run what are we teaching our kids because if we're teaching our kids to be driven by fear lack just look after yourself don't worry about anybody else that is 
for me, one of the worrying things that I'm seeing emerge. And we watch this in disaster movies. When we watch these disaster movies, you see that behavior. But you're observing it as somebody sitting in your armchair going, look at how they're behaving. I would never do that. You know, we see that's the whole thing. about I would never do that. But when you get into the reality of it, that's when the differentiation between those that genuinely would do it and those that just say, fuck, I'm doing it. I'm doing it anyway. Now, I don't know the circumstances of the people that took these things. so I can't make a judgment. But at the same time, I'm thinking there's an elderly couple here, clearly not able to physically even get there, but they managed to get there. And they're talking openly about what they need. Had he said, "Uh, look, there's, there's four here. I need a couple for myself. Would you like to let me put them in your bag? None of that. It was just like smash and grab go. And what I love is the interesting point you made about children, because this is a time where most of us have not genuinely lived through. There was a natural age group that lived through the war. But now as an age group, especially my age group, we've not physically lived through this. So we have this level of fear. And we're observing this level of fear and that kind of behavior in shopping centers. But if you have a child with you, this is their time to shape how to behave when there is a extreme circumstance like this. So when the child, imagine, grows up and it's their turn to act in a similar way, which way will they act in? And, you know, if you're just looking at it from a a bird's eye view, you're going to believe that they're going to act in the way that let me take four and leave one or let me take five and leave nothing for the next person. Would you agree with that in terms of uh, modeling for children? Yeah, kids do model. And that's the challenge we've got now. You're you're spot on. My mum was I had a long conversation with my mum and she was talking about when they went through the war and, you know, when everything was rationed. So she she's just naturally always been like that if i if you went to my mum's house you'd laugh because she has a stockpile of stuff and so when there's a (laughs) when there's a some sort of sale on she will just naturally buy and this is she's 70 so she just she's always been like that right from the early days she's always seemed to have bought a little bit more than she needs she sits on it and then stockpiles it if there's a bit of a tough period she just eats off it uses it so when we talked about loo roll she was laughing because she's got probably like two months of loo roll there she's got tinned food tinned food back in my mum's day was like oh my gosh we got a tin a tin of spam we're gonna make it last for a week so it's a philosophy of an older generation older than my generation Whereas today, everything's about instant, instant, instant. So people are buying now and not thinking about protecting other people around them. And it does worry me. And in the sense that it worries me what we're teaching our kids, because this is a significant emotional event. And if you work with anybody in the world of psychology, a significant emotional event is an emotional, something that happens, bang, and it can be positive or negative, and it can leave a scar or it can leave a healing feeling. And at the moment, I think we're in that place of scar. So even the conversations on live I just did recently, it's like, how do we talk about this around our kids in the right way so we don't leave that scar? But it's also how we behave. Now, fortunately, there were no kids in that scene that I saw, but I'm damn sure if it had been a different time of the day in the evening, you know, after kids are back out or weekend and the kids have been there and the parent would have acted like that. That's now left the kids with a belief system that, hey, if there's a little bit on the shelf and there's somebody else that needs it, it's okay to just take it and run because that becomes their behavior. And no doubt, the person that did that to the to the elderly couple probably modeled that from somewhere else maybe their parents i don't know contrast so i then went back to a village near us which you know well because we've met there before i'm not going to say name the village i don't think it's appropriate to do so unless you say name it but basically it was a community there where there's a lot of people who are holistic healers there's three organic farms as you know there's about three or four organic shops lots of natural homeopaths and the community there is very much a community there's a lot of farming goes on people are 
for want of a better word, and I think it's the right word, are more emotionally developed, meaning there's a much higher level of consciousness. They don't get phased by a lot of the media hype that goes on. And that, in fact, there's not a, a big culture around digital devices, etc. So I, I drive back through the village, which is close to where we live. It's about a mile away, half a mile away. In fact, the, one of the organic, organic places is right opposite us. And so I go into this shop and I'm thinking, OK, well, let me see if there's any uh, toilet roll or any kitchen roll there because I just want to grab one one pack. I walk upstairs and literally on the shelf, I, I was thinking this is incredibly synchronistic. There's two large, these jumbo packs of kitchen roll there. And I looked at it and there's a lady just in front of me as I walk up. And by the way, this shop, there's food on the shelves. This shop, there's bread on the shelves. This shop, there's uh, lots of different things like green vegetables and tinned food, but it's all organic, etc. I just come away from a major supermarket, empty shelves. I go here and there is stuff there. Don't get me wrong. There is stuff that's a lot less than before and some of it is empty. But I would say 75% has been depleted, but not stripped bare. And I walk up and there's two of these jumbo rolls of, of kitchen roll there. And this lady looked around and she said, oh, are you after one of these? And I said, if possible. And she goes, oh, I'll take one and you take one. And there was it was there was no rush, no desperation. She actually handed it to me. Mm, she took it. And as, as I went down to the queue, there was another three other people, all with one of those rolls each. I was going to take a picture of it. I was actually going to post it on social media. If I could, <laughs> if I could have done the, the two contrasts, completely different. And these are, you know, these are people with kids. There's younger people there. I saw an elderly lady in there and this man was helping her. Literally, he'd gone in with one of his kids who's very young, like a baby baby, just in one of these uh, straps. And he's there and this lady was trying to reach up to get, I think it was some some vegetables and things. And he said, what are you after? And she said, some kale. So he pulled down the kale. And then she said, I also need, is it possible to help me with some butter? And he took a cross and got some butter before even looking after himself completely. And that's the difference between this level of consciousness and saying, okay, we got to look after everybody. Obviously, so you've got two contracts. You've got a guy there with a child helping a lady who's probably 65, 70 years of age. And that's the contrast I saw today. Two totally different types of behavior. It's fantastic. And I think it's important not to mention the name because if you're listening at home or you want to share this podcast message with other people who yeah, you feel need this message, then for them, it's like, actually, we don't want to tag a location a type of culture, a type of person to this event, because actually this should be the behavior period. And that's why I think it's important not to name in this scenario, because Plus, then it's very easy for people to say, oh, well, it's okay for that place. Oh, it's okay for those kind of yes, people, yes. And that kind of culture, whatever, whatever. I don't want somebody to tag an association with them and say it's okay for them, because actually it's not. There's a whole, the scenarios are the same. We're all the same people, essentially. We're just behaving in different ways. And actually, somebody might go, where's the town? Oh, it sounds like they've got some loo roll. Let me just leg it down there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then strip that shop. <laughs> but no, I think you're right. And ultimately, it comes down to a, a human behavior. And I think that's one of the messages I want to get across today is, is starting to reflect differently on how we react to the situation that, that's around us. So I think from my perspective, and it's, it's interesting, and it's, it's quite hard to pinpoint what it's like for my generation at this time. I think there'll be a few theories flying around. But I think one of the challenges, in addition to panic, because no doubt there's panic amongst my generation, because number one, we haven't been through it again. But I think the other thing I want to add to your topic and be interested to hear your thoughts is my generation generally has a bit of a mistrust with the system, a mistrust with mm. hierarchy of power. So my biggest worry is 
that we are going to get my generations are going to get instructions and we're just not going to listen to those instructions i.e don't clear the shopping shopping malls or shopping centers i.e stay self-isolated or whatever the instruction is from the government or from the highest authority of of our nation we're just not going to listen we're just going to be blasé about it because we just i don't know what it is but we just don't trust experts we dismiss experts especially in the realm of politicians and we've got a bit of a distrust for them so i think that's my biggest worry that there are going to be some instructions but they're going to be communicated so these are going to come from medical experts but they're going to be communicated via political channels and my generation are going to say well we don't trust this party we don't trust this politician so they don't know what they're talking about we're going to carry on as normal and i'm starting to see some of that float around on social media which is my worry for my generation so so what do you think that's leading to what do you what sort of behavior do you believe that's going to lead to because i'm inclined to agree with you and i see it i guess through a lot of the personal development and the wealth seminars that we run because there is genuinely this anger frustration and kickback against the system but in this situation what do you think it's going to lead to for, for millennials for younger generation so it can either go one or two ways because it's all about re- my personal opinion it's going to be about reinforcing the behavior so if there's a group of millennials and the news spreads that hey, we were totally fine during this time and we did exactly what we wanted. The next time something like this happens, which it will, we're just going to just do what we want. And that's going to cause a problem for the greater population. So that's the that's the whole challenge with following an expert's advice in times like this, where we all have to stick together ultimately. And I think that level of mistrust is just going to cause a rebellious behavior where we just say, I don't really care what I've been told to do. I'm just going to do what I want to do anyway. So as an example, simple example might be self-isolation. Ah, not interested. I'm just going to go head out and carry on my life as normal and not listen to yeah. the advice. That's the worry. Yeah, I'm inclined to ing- agree with you. I think, I mean, for the younger ones listening, it's a tough time for you. I, I would say start taking a, a slightly different approach to how you look at the world in the sense of ask yourself a deeper question. Who around me can I contribute towards? Who can I help within the community that I'm in at the moment? Are there people I can bring that youth, that dynamic energy to my insights, my wisdom, my thoughts, my feelings, my passion? And how can I bring that in and help the the small or the larger community around me? So it's not so much about just self-focus, which I think all of us have to be mindful of, even myself with my kids. But is there something just a little bit more emotionally elevated that I could do? And it could be your own family. It could be reaching out to people that you've lost touch with, even close family members that you might have distanced him from. But equally, if you're living in an area where you know there's elderly people, just that little bit more focus on helping somebody else often shifts your rebellious that's what i found with if you stop somebody one of the easiest ways to stop people rebelling so much is to give them something more contributory to do because the the rebellion is more about hey you're challenging me you're challenging my beliefs you're challenging my passion my youth whereas if you then shift that focus towards contributing to somebody beyond yourself it becomes less about you and it becomes more about others i know it sounds a little bit like oh yeah but robert everyone's in a tough place right now but even if it's just one gesture towards a neighbor it just, especially elderly people, because it might give the younger people a slightly different sense of perspective on where those people have been. And maybe you take some learnings from it. I mean, it's, I'm just throwing it out there. I wasn't going to say that in this podcast, but that's my thoughts on it. I love that because, you know, if we start when we started a podcast, we said right now, you know, the large and, and this is not saying there's not people within every category we're speaking about who's doing amazing things because they are. But it's a case of saying, 
we started talking about we're currently in a area of security driven survival mode whereas doing what you just said there row starts to tap into those you know maslow hierarchy of needs the higher part of the triangle the self worth the part where we're giving and receiving that you know that boost of oh my god that was an amazing experience because i gave so i think working through that we can then tap into it outside of our work that feeling of doing something of value outside of our workplace outside of our business place because we're doing it through the community so i think that's great so at this time row do you think it's a good time now let's let's lead the listeners with and it's going to be hopefully the longer part of the episode which is an a structure which we can leave them with so they can tap into and say actually let me just select that let me add that to what's happening right now because right now the biggest challenge is that we are going to be in lockdown we are going to have to self isolate that news is coming already so we are going to be spending time in an uncomfortable position or potentially doing stuff that we haven't done before so i was thinking of breaking this down you've got something which you put out into social media quite often which is these five a day recipes these areas to focus on to become successful and i was thinking if we just pull that apart and use those five areas and maybe we talk about one or two things maybe one thing each within each category that somebody can do specifically related to covid-19 self isolation this period of lockdown that we believe we're going to be going into so would that work and if yes can you just let the listeners know what are those five things that's a great idea so the concept of five a day emerged a few years back and it was it was kind of an amalgamation of lots of different things over the years that I've done in the different events and seminars and, and the turning point book but what i found was people saying oh yeah so what sort of things can i do on a daily basis or a weekly basis and you you've heard of mind body soul well, for me it was a bit broader than that so it was the category was broken down into mind body self relationships and money mind being the conscious way that we show up as opposed to the self which is more internal so mind think of mind as the way you operate in the world when you are in the world and operating on a daily basis with time management money management uh, communication is all those things that we consciously and practically do through our consciousness through our mind body is about fueling your body the right way feeding your body the right way doing the right things to keep it healthy and vibrant self now is delving down into who you are the core of who you are your identity your purpose your values your beliefs so it's working on that personal development side of you as opposed to the mind which is more conscious in the world relationships is everything from the relationship with you right through to the relationship with intimate family friends and people outside you and your sphere of influence and beyond and then money is everything from how you manage your money right through to how you earn money create money deal with debt but also create wealth as well so there's the five categories and and they actually encapsulate everything that we do you can literally you think of a situation in your life it'll fall into one of those five categories so it's a great idea to bring that into this moment harms and i think if we can maybe put some meat into these areas for now in association with this current situation i think that's a spot on idea i love it fantastic and everything we're going to speak about going forward will be in the show notes at growthtribes.com/podcast so if you're listening to this and you're taking a stroll you're you're having a walk or you're cooking in the kitchen and you don't have a notepad with you not to worry this will be in the show notes so on that note well let's start with mind category number 1 mind if you kick this one off then i'll jump off the back of yours with any ideas i have So with mind remember this is about consciousness so 
I think one of the areas that people are struggling with at the moment is the fact that they are in turmoil. So, I mean, a classic example was today, right? So we woke up and the kids are at home and I've got a refurbishment going on in our house at the moment. I've got my PA messaging me to say, oh, there's a bunch of mail. There might be some letters there that you need to have a look at. Of course, they're in the office and I haven't got to the office. I got a message from one of the people that we owe some money to who's a builder that said, oh, I've sent out an invoice through. Did you get it? Would it be possible to pay it before the end of the week? And there's a whole bunch of things going on. Then you and I wanted to do a podcast and we've got lockdown going on. So I've got to go do some shopping now. On a normal day, that time management is fairly clearly demarked for me. I've got this whole process of how I would do it. But now I've got to look at the Maslow's thing, right? So Maslow is like survival. I'm not saying, I'm not waking up in the morning and going, right, what's the triangle? What do I do first? Do I do the letters for my PA? Do I do the gentleman that needs his invoice clearing by the end of the week? What do I do first? I think, okay, kids, from a time management perspective, I've got to look after the kids first and the supermarkets are about to open. If I wait till about 12, probably going to be empty. Let me go there first. So for a lot of people, the management of time is really poor when they're in survival mode because survival mode is like just panic and do everything. So there's two things to consider here. One is if you broke the day down, what do you need to do first? What's most important? what's least important and then organize your day accordingly because if we're going into lockdown or if you're in lockdown at the moment you're going to be at home and for a lot of people the day gets completely disbanded it just dissipates and i used to do a lot of work in uh, probably about five seven eight nine ten years ago i did some voluntary work and people that were unemployed and helping them create a mindset that got them back into employment and i said what's one of your biggest challenges and they said the minute we got unemployed initially there was fear there was panic. Then there was like, oh, I'm struggling to get a job. And then they became indifference and then they became apathy. Now, I'm just going through that process because I, I remember it so often. And the apathy, I said, what do you mean by apathy? Well, TV, sitting at home, don't feel my sense of worth has been valued. You know, I've worked all these years. Nobody wants me. I feel frustrated. And being at home means I don't have to go do anything. So I switched to TV on. I said, okay, what happened next? I started watching these regular document, well, program, TV programs, soap operas and things like that. Now, of course, Netflix is around. It wasn't really so much around back in the early days, but now Netflix, Prime TV, you know, you've got Sky, et cetera. And people, I found people literally would switch the TV on at nine o'clock in the morning. And when I got to do a bit of coaching with them, I said, what are you up to? Oh, yeah, I've just watched your TV doctor. I was like, okay, that has to stop because it just consumes people. So it, I call it the unemployment rut. And it's when people got, got into a rut because they weren't being proactive. They weren't doing something with their time in a constructive way. They were just being fed, fed, fed and that's the worry i've got for the next for people that are going into the zone at the moment oh great i've got time off work i know what i'll do let's just switch off and watch tv for a while mm. that's okay for a short dose but it's it's bloody addictive because it's feeding your needs you don't have to do anything it's you know you're watching something that maybe is about the world that's worse than you and it just feeds that need for wanting to have you know time filled so the first thing is manage your time wisely start to use it to learn maybe you allocate an hour of the day to learn or two hours of the day to learn an hour of the day to do exercise etc spend time with your kids 
and and then yes have some switch off time but don't make it a predominant focus so time management harms i think is a really important thing because most people's time is managed for them because they are going into a work environment where they have to do certain things because that's what's required of them as opposed to now they have to manage their time does that make sense that makes complete sense and that's a and you've got an incredible series of that called literally called time management in the growth tribes vault so i'll make sure to put that on the show notes as well so this actually ties nicely into my point which i want to talk about under the category of mind which is you as a person because we are constantly pulled and pushed by the day and we no, normally have a massively full schedule every day is a full schedule whether it's work whether it's the kids but it's the downtime, the cooking, and all of the stuff that happens within the day. Especially if you're a business owner, there's no day is exactly the same. So now I think we have a natural opportunity, whether it was forced upon us or whether it has occurred naturally as a debate, is we have now have a chance to be present with ourselves. Take some time to lock off, to use the, the word appropriately, but no phones, have no access to the news for a while, no yeah. social media no screens and even no music unless you know that helps you be present with yourself and simply just be because how often are we as a population in a process where hey guys spend two weeks at home no work or you know whether there's less work to do because everything interconnected is now slowing down we now have that chance you know and then I think observe off the back of that observe. And this is something I took away from when I did my 10 day silent meditation retreat row is what kind of thoughts are going on in your head? Are they naturally positive? Are they naturally negative? Is there anybody you're thinking about during that time? Do you need to reach out to them? And like you said, connect with them. Hmm. Is there what I love naturally is when when you're in that state of just being with your own mind is do you find your thoughts take you into the past or are you starting to worry about the future now? Are you recalling pleasant memories from the past? Or are you thinking, oh my goodness, what's going to happen in the next two weeks? What's going to happen in the month? And I think at this stage, without going too deep into it, just observe it. Spend that time with yourself without the distractions that are going on in your own home and just take some time to be present with yourself. So I think that's an, a nice alternative to the craziness that happens out there, whether it's meditation, whether it's mindfulness, it's up to you how you want to define it. But I think that's a nice, simple process to go through. I agree. And actually, that sort of leads into the other area. So remember, with mind, it's about what you're doing on an outward perspective. So it's what you're doing in the world. So we talked about time management. You know, you're talking about being present there as well. Very important. The other thing is network, actually. So obviously, if we're experiencing lockdown, you're in, the, uh, you're in your own home, you're with your family, I think a lot of people have been so pulled into this world of negativity that it creates uh, frustration and that the communication that happens around people is quite negative. So if you're looking at your own network, think about who do you know that's in a positive place? Maybe you've got a WhatsApp group with really positive minded people. Maybe you're in a tribe like we have with growth tribes where people, yes, they subscribe on a monthly basis, but they communicate, they get access to lots of positive information. And there's, there's nothing really in that community that is negatively driven. Unlikely you're going to be able to go out and meet people. So it needs to be Skype calls. It needs to be supportive groups but think about the network of people that are around you and who could you talk to who is actually genuinely emotionally developed to a, a different level and at the same time is not in a place of panic but in a place of proactivity so i think that's another big thing to consider in this particular area harms 
Yeah, and I'm in a group, a WhatsApp group with a unique set of property investors who are fantastic. The moment this instigated, we all asked ourselves the question, yes, we're affected, but how can we help those others in the community? And I think on a daily basis, uh, almost by an hourly basis, we are dropping solutions in there and there's very little negativity. So the power of your network, whether it's virtual, whether it's online, is extremely, extremely important at this time. So on that note, let's move to, I think there's three fantastic points there within the mind section. Now let's move to the second part that you focus on, which is body. If you define body for us, then we can dive into that. So with body, what we're talking about is really two things, what you do with your body and what you feed your body and, and how we can nurture that this amazing temple that we have. And it's been a passion of mine for many, many years, which is why for me it's important we include it in here. So don't just think of it as the physical exercise, the running, the walking, the going to the gym and doing the aerobics and the yoga and Pilates or whatever it is that you believe that the body is about. The body is also about how we nutritionally keep it safe, how we protect it. So what we drink, and what we feed it with. And that's essentially what the body is. So do you want me to sort of throw a few suggestions in here or do you want to jump uh, in? You... Well, 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 I'll start because okay, cool. uh, well, you've, been, you've been talking about the subject of body for years. It's been in your seminars, you know, you've had a health seminar as well where you had people green juicing and all these phenomenal things. So this is not a new thing to you. Whereas let's assume that the listener hasn't necessarily been doing all of these things consistently and many of our listeners do. But let's start from, you know, maybe some simplistic, I think, solutions for people so it doesn't become so overwhelming. So I was going to start with the fact that I think just briefly research, you know, research around the topic of the immune system and how to keep it up to scratch, I guess, is really the answer here, because this should ideally be happening on a regular basis, regardless of if there's a virus globally, it should just be a thing that we're always conscious of. So I think if you can talk into the space of the immune system, because that's currently a hot topic at the moment, that would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'm mindful of us giving advice here. And I know there's some sensitivity Mm. about this out in the public space at the moment. There's people saying X, Y and Z. And that is certain things that are being said are are literally being taken literally. And I think there's people selling products online that are making sorts of claims. So I'm I'm mindful of that. But if we think of it, and I talked about this in the live just recently, think of the immune system as this brick wall between you and the outside world. If somebody's attacking you, then the brick wall is your immune system. And I know it's a simplistic way of looking at it but actually if you look at it like that every brick that you put into the wall builds up the wall builds up the immune system everything that you do that knocks a brick off reduces the immune system and there's a point where the enemy that's attacking you and your family if the brick wall is low enough they can get over that brick wall stone wall or whatever you want to call it so that's that is essentially how our immune system works in a very 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 simplistic manner how do we build that brick wall my personal belief is putting food and liquids into it that actually help it grow so to build the immunity so for example there's pretty much a lot of evidential proof now to suggest that if you have you know sugar in the body processed foods in the body it lowers the immune system it attacks the immune system there's a thing called acidification of the blood which is where if you have too much sugar your blood acidifies to a point in fact i've seen my blood under under microscope i think you've done the same thing actually yeah, same here blood, yeah blood microscopy and or live blood analysis is called where you can look at the quality of the blood and the cells in 
fact, if anybody wants to look this up online, you can actually look up live blood analysis on YouTube. There's videos of this and you can see these lovely, round, healthy cells for somebody that's drinking good quality water, eating live food, staying off sugar, staying off alcohol, staying off processed food. So the blood is clean and clear. It's lovely to see. And you can see these circular round blood cells that are actually separated from each other and they're flowing freely. However, if somebody eats, and by freely, what I mean is they're delivering nutrients to the body. They are oxygenating the body and the immune system saying, great, I feel good. And the exchange between the lymphatic system and the blood system is working because the lymph system doesn't actually have its own pumping mechanism. You pump by movement, but the toxins build up in the lymph system and need to be excreted out through, you know, through our urine and through our poo. So if you're actually not looking after the body, the, even the lymphatic system can build up and that's why some people get these sort of sore spots around the lymph nodes there's a lot of toxin building up and they're not moving etc we'll come to that in a moment so what you can eat affects the, the whole system the lymphatic system as called in the blood system so if you look at blood cells that have had I mean, there's actually probably examples of it online. I remember looking at this a few years ago and we've seen it live in front of an audience. We've done these tests. Somebody eats something very sugary or processed and then goes for a live blood test. The blood actually changes. The cells change shape. You might remember this from your test, yeah, but yeah. they're not circular. If coupled to that, if they're dehydrated or, or drunk or eaten things that have caused the body to be dehydrated, suck that moisture out of the body, out of the cells, they stick together and you yeah. see these globulation did you see this globulation of blood cells and that's when you are not hydrated and when you're not oxygenated and of course if the blood cells stick together they can't move freely which means the immune system starts to lower because it can't get out and deliver what it needs to deliver i'm trying to be simplistically scientific is this making sense that does make sense and and how i know that the general population again this is not targeted at you personally the listener but when we went to the shopping center very recently just for our normal weekly shop there was plenty of fresh greens, fresh vegetables, and of course the other caveat is when do they stock the sh shelves, but I, it's, I think it's quite an interesting observation. Fresh greens, fresh vegetables, lots of items with vitamin C and antioxidants in them were all freshly readily available. Yes, slightly depleted, but available. The tins, the things with very little nutritional benefit to your immune system was all gone like yeah completely the shelves were empty but the, the veg was there so you know me and my wife were just intrigued because we had a full weekly shop with all the typical greens and immunity strengthening foods that were there but everything else was gone and that shows that's quite a, an interesting observation in the sense that when we are fighting a virus our priority should be to stock up on the greens antioxidants vitamin c punching power these foods that have incredible nutrition in them versus all of this other stuff which people are buying on a stock basis which is fascinating yeah i, I think it's i mean i saw a guy with um literally two big packs of coke with his kids <laughs> um, and and then and then when i walk past the water the, the bottles water areas like loads and loads still there so obviously people are just you know kids are going to be at home what can i give them i'll keep them happy give them okay when i say I'm going to say cola. I'm going to say soda. I'm not, I'm not going to put a brand yeah, on this, but you soda, know what I mean? Fizzy drinks. So, yeah. so, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was bottles of soda drinks and things like that. So here we are now we've got an opportunity as a, as a collective culture, you know, wherever you are, what if you spent the next couple of weeks looking into this? What if you just spent an evening looking at live blood analysis on YouTube to see what it, 
looks like and see the impact between somebody eating processed sugary food and look, look what it does to their blood versus somebody that actually hydrating properly and drink and we'll come to that in a moment so i think yeah that's the first thing is is just starting to understand how the immune system works so anything that we can do to eat that allows us i mean if you want to ask me what we do that's fine i'm not going to give advice but you can say well what do you do Ro? that's that's a different question and if you want to do that in this section i'm happy to do that harms I think let's leave that for listeners to follow you on Facebook and Instagram where you share some of these thoughts anyway. Okay, great. Um, I think that's a good time because actually in the last week leading up to whilst all the news has been happening, you've been sharing some of these great messages saying, okay, this is the kind of stuff that we do. This is the way we'd send the message to children. These are the kind of things I eat. These are the kind of supplements I take. And you do it in a respective way where, you know, sometimes it's not about the brand that you're talking about. It's more to do with why that's important, why this particular supplement's important. So I think let's leave that for the live um, because, you know, I'm conscious that people listen to this. I don't want to add that additional. I think the focus for them should be to research, to go and learn about this, go and, agreed. you know, input the fact that how do I strengthen my immune system? This brick wall, how do I make it as strong as possible versus having fizzy drinks, which is one of the components that will tear that wall to pieces. So I think let's leave them with that. I well, think- actually, whilst we're on it, can I do a bit of a plug for the Growth Tribes? Because in the Growth Tribes community, inside the vault there, for anyone's listening to this, actually a Growth Tribes member, there is actually a health series there. And that's fantastic. We've had some really good feedback on that series. And it's me actually going into a lot more in terms of the scientific side of it and just some of the things that I do on a habitual basis and have done for many years now. So if, if it's OK, maybe they could go and have a look at that instead. That's fantastic. So I'll put that in. There. I'll tell you what, what I'll do is because for most of these, actually, there's a really comprehensive video series. So for each section, if somebody's interested, they can go check out that video series. Yeah, because a part of their self-isolation could be right. Number one, I want to learn how to manage my time. Now I've got a whole day free. Number two, I need to understand more about the health because actually I've just taken it for granted and I've just followed basic level information. Let me actually learn about this. So when something like this happens again, me, my family's immune system is strong and we have the confidence that we can fight whatever this is that's coming to attack us. So I think that's a great, great way to leave the body section, which leads us now nicely into the next section, which is self. Now, if you describe self again, we can then talk into that subject. So self is different to mind, and a lot of people confuse the two. So remember, mind is how we're consciously being in the world, whereas self is the internal part of who we are. So if you want to simplify, it's it's your core. So your identity, and your identity comes down to essentially your beliefs, your spirituality, who you are as a person on a spiritual level, also your value system and your sense of purpose in life as well. So it's it's much more meaningful, it's deeper, it's also dealing with fears and, and all of those different areas that exist on an internal level, whereas the mind is more about consciously how we exist and operate outside in the outside world. So there is a difference between the two. And inside here, this is the area I love to play, because if we get this right, often it changes how we operate in the outside world, both with other people, with our relationships, how we manage our money, etc. So if you ask me which of these is the most important, I think singly, this is without a doubt the most important. Okay, great. So let me let me talk about, especially for my generation role, I'll start talking about it. And then if you jump in with any observations you have in yourself, because I imagine yours would be extremely powerful. As you're saying this, if you're listening at home, self, 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 start to prioritize that. And I want to start with talking about, I guess it's my generation, because your generation may not have 
felt the same experience as such. Whereas my generation, I feel are extremely comfortable. We have got almost used to or expectant that we have the ability to get things instantly, whether that's results, whether that's food takeaways, whether that's the ability to take a pill and have six pack abs, whatever that is, <laughs> we almost expect instant gratification for whatever we're doing. And I found that to break this pattern, we sometimes have to put ourselves in uncomfortable positions. So I've recently, well, you're not you're aware, I lived in a small village up north where the nearest takeaway was quite a distance away. There was only one kind of takeaway that delivered to us. It was quite a drive to get to the shopping center. So I felt everything I'd got used to and comfortable with was suddenly broken. And after two months of being uncomfortable, I became comfortable with that uncomfort, if that makes sense. So what I encourage people to do is actively seek out being uncomfortable. So rather than stockpiling all of our creature comforts that we have in the world and that we're just used to having, let's try something different. Why don't we simplify our menu for the week? Why don't we, instead of wearing a different outfit every single day, simplify the kind of clothes we wear? And this, the where, where I first learned about this role mm. was a part of this whole stoic philosophy study, which is really cool to go explore because they encourage you to actively go and do things that are out of the norm that you would typically be very comfortable with. So I just actively get uncomfortable. So I think practicing that, is that we're at an opportune time where we can practice that. So what I'm saying is rather than go and try to hoard and try to stay in the normality, we have to face a situation that this is not a normal situation. So we have to adapt. And by adapting, we almost have to simplify our life slightly. And I think that's going to be very tricky for my generation because if they switched off certain things like food deliveries, hmm. um, you know, there's certain companies out there which for safety reasons, which is completely fair and accurate are saying we're not currently servicing amazon uh, it's fair to use that name they're large enough now are saying we're only delivering essentials shopping centers that you know you could guarantee a delivery stop next week are now overwhelmed so now we're in a tricky situation for my generation that we are going to be uncomfortable but i think the message i'm trying to say is embrace that so we break the pattern of this expectation does that make sense Ro? Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's a it's a radical change in mindset, and it's, I don't think it's about just an age thing as well. I think it's about a, it's a philosophy of bigger thinking beyond yourself. This we are at a point of panic, confusion, and out of that comes clarity. And some people will stick their heads down and want to work harder. Others will stick their heads up and say, change of direction. And I think this is what it's about. It's about moving out of that whole philosophy, getting uncomfortable learning to do that on a regular basis. Absolutely. So what would you add to the self section? I think on a personal level, I think this is a chance to review, which kind of leads in from what you've just been saying, actually. So it's time to review. If you're making notes, great thing to remember that it's time to review. And what I mean by that is what is the most important thing in your life right now? Not watching Netflix. It's not great. I've got a week off. Let's do sod all. Let's just chill out and relax like another holiday. Actually, what if you just took a completely different view on this? What if you said, right, from an emotionally developed perspective, now we breathe. I'm under a forced opportunity to have a holiday here. This is literally, I've been given a two-week, three-week break. Normally, I'd be going out traveling. I even have to stay at home. Let me allocate in these next 7, 10, 12, 14 days, whatever it is, let me allocate a certain number of hours per day to totally disengage from all the noise that's out there and start to ask some serious questions about who am I? 
What do I stand for? What do I believe? What's my sense of purpose? What does this really mean for me as an individual looking ahead into the future? How's the landscape of my life going to look? If everything gets back to quote unquote normality, nothing's ever going to be the same because now we're going to live from a different place of experience. I think there's going to be more fear around traveling to certain countries. I think there's going to be slightly different behavioral patterns in groups. Any slight signs of illnesses, et cetera, is going to make people nervous. And with that, it's going to come a change of how people do business, how they live. The sense of security around jobs has changed. And I'm trying to paint a picture here to say, stop, breathe, look at the landscape and say, how do you want your landscape to be in the future? And and it's not that you can necessarily change the overall global landscape, but you can navigate through to a different, you know, you might be heading towards a desert right now, but whilst we're at the top of the mountain, instead of coming off the mountain and going right down the passageway and through the rocks, which leads out to the Sahara, what if we go left, which goes out to the green meadows and the rivers and out to the estuary going out to the, the ocean over that side? It's about re-navigating the future. And that starts with you. That was a bit intense. but i think you know that you said this was one of the most important parts of these five components these five elements to us as a human being as such so yeah i think that was needed now let's talk about a subject which i know you are extremely passionate about and you have a lot of fun with as well which is relationship so if you define for the listeners how this can link to what's happening in the current scenario but relationships can truly i believe be enhanced during Mm. this time by the way whilst we're on this i'm glad you've picked this up because it is a passion of mine and because it's so passionate what the result of that was over the last few years is that each of these areas we're talking about there are actually video series on each of these inside our growth tribes vault so if you're listening to this and you're a member fantastic you may not have looked through all these. You may have been focusing on one area previously. It could have been money, for example, or it could have been personal development. Remember, we've got 15 to 20 different video and audio series that are tucked in there, and each one covers different areas. So there's one on relationship. There's definitely one on self, which is about self-evaluation, values. There's another one on beliefs, another one on purpose. So fill your boots up. Go and have some fun and learn. It's a good opportunity to do that now. So that leads me to relationships. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Big subject. So remember, we're we're talking about mind, body, self. And last two before we wrap up is relationships and money. Relationships, meaning the relationship with you as a person, relationship with your immediate family. So that's your children, your partner, husband, wife, whatever your relationship is, you know, parents. And then we go outside of that to family. And then we've got very close friends. And then we've got friends. And then we've got work colleagues. and and, And the radius increases as you go further away from yourself. So it's learning to work on and be present in those relationships so for example i'll pick i'll pick one to start there's a couple i had a thought of about for this particular section yes if you're please. if you're a parent listening to this i know you're not harmed at the moment but uh, for those of you that are watching and listening if you're a parent i think this is a great time to start to educate your, your children in a way that will help them understand what's happening in the world i talked about this in a recent post on live facebook live is I think a lot of parents aren't quite sure how to explain this or their kids are by default getting the information from social media uh, through phones or through watching their parents on social media. They're hearing things outside of their world. Remember this inner world and the outer world. The outside world is just bringing that information to our kids. And I think there's a heaviness, a concern, a fear. Younger kids really don't know how to deal with it. My, my daughter was asking questions about, you know, what if something happened to daddy if he goes off and does speaking? If he gets coronavirus, 
will he die mummy so this is the conversations that young kids are having because they're hearing death destruction we have got a politician in our country that just recently said you know be prepared to lose a lot of loved ones i mean those are these are statements that i'm not sure are the healthiest statements to make in a public space where kids go ah and they hear that and they start to get panicky so and we know just off the back of that that when news media articles grab that that is fuel for their media machine so they're going to start pumping that message out this is what the leader of our country said that yeah. we need to expect to lose people we expect to lose loved ones and that's a pretty strong statement regardless of how true it is there can be ways it can, can be communicated better especially to kids i imagine yeah and i think for children they just hear that and that becomes their reality and that's the challenge we've got as parents is their reality is what we create for it and if we don't certainly in the early years if we don't create the right reality for them or we give them exposure to other worlds which become their reality they will just assume that to be the truth so we have to have a really strong set of values and communication tools to to be able to explain to our children what's going on so uh, the whole idea of the brick wall is a nice one because kids understand that you know you build the brick wall up it looks after their health if it comes down by eating the wrong things then things can get in to attack them etc and, and maybe harm them harm their health so leave the children empowered if they say well what can we do daddy what can we do mummy create a different space for them create a place where they feel comfortable to talk to you in an open way show them there's, there's a way through this show them how this is going to make the family stronger better you know we we had a bit of a family chat today about we're all pulling together and daddy's gone off to get some food savannah was doing something for mum Liv was running around saying, oh, can I help with the dishwashing? I mean, it's just little <laughs> things like this that the children feel this is an opportunity for us to come together instead of everyone just disappears to a chair where they're watching something on a phone or an iPad, etc. And, and look, don't get me wrong. I think that may have to happen because when children are in one space and there's not a lot for them to do, depending on how you've got your home set up, there may have to be periods where they do, are doing that. But if that is the norm in the house where everybody wakes up, disappears into different parts of the house, comes back for dinner, goes back off to watch something, comes back again in the evening for dinner, if they even do that, that's not so much the pulling together. So what can you do to build those relationships? Give, make this an opportunity to create a, an even stronger bond between you and your kids. That'd be a good good way to look at it. That's fantastic. And actually, there's not much for me to add on to that because my thoughts were very similar, which, which was, again, to use a phrase, lock down some time in the day for your kids, your loved ones, your partner. And I was guilty of this yesterday. Genuinely, I was flicking through the Facebook feed around the five, six o'clock mark to get the latest information and news on what's happening so that we can ready our business. And instead of doing it, spending 20 minutes on it and stopping, I allowed that to spill over into the evening to the point where Gina, my beautiful wife, said, I thought this was our time. And I was like, oh, shit, yeah, it was our time. So then I switched off the phone. So I encourage you just to lock down that time because often I was actually culprit of this role when I was growing up as in the teenage years. I will just disappear completely unconnected to the family. So I think now's a time where you're all together again to uh, take example of what you, what you guys are doing in the household as well. And if some people you can't access, I think rather than leverage of a, a voice call, certainly leverage a video call, which is allows you to see that person's face to face and interact via video call and say, look, everything's good. This is what we're up to. This is what we're doing. What are you up to? And I think that's powerful. In addition to that, we're tying into how to explain this to your kids. I shared a fantastic video with you yesterday, which I'll put up in the show notes, a YouTube video for teacher who puts black pepper into some water, a bowl of water, and says to the children, this 
spots of black pepper are the virus that's out there at the moment. So kids, does that make sense? They said, yes. So they said, right, put your finger in this bowl. And of course, the pepper would stick to their finger. And so this is how the virus gets to you. Then she said, right, now coat your finger in some soap. And they said, okay, let's do that. So they coat their finger with some soap. Then they put the soapy finger into the same water with the black pepper. Brilliant. And like a science experiment, the pepper just darts away from the finger because it's like anti this soap. However, that works chemically. And she said, now, kids, does that make sense? On the way we can help to stop this is just simply to wash our hands. And all the kids are like, yeah, that makes sense. I want to go wash my hands now. So I think just trying to get creative with how we educate, not only ourselves as adults, because that yeah. was a big one for me. I said, okay, that is a simple, and that's never going to leave me that lesson now. Did you send so, that to me on WhatsApp? I sent that to you on WhatsApp. Okay, so I'll check have to, that I, out. I saw a couple you sent yesterday. I'll have to have a look at that. That's brilliant. I want to show the kids yeah. that. That's fantastic. And I'll put that on the show notes. And that's exactly why I sent that, because I saw your live talking about different ways we can explain this quite dramatic scenes that are going on in the world to our children in a way that is not too dark. And I thought that was mm. cracking. So anything else you want to add on relationships before we move into the final part, which is the money? Um, I think just the other thing is community. So, so we've talked about children. The other thing is go broader now. Let's go outside of th these two boundaries we talked about. Let's cross over the boundary now into the community. Who can you help? Is there somebody locally to you, somebody you've seen around for many years or somebody that you know that is maybe more elderly, possibly physically challenged or emotionally challenged and needs some support? You know, we, we know of somebody just recently that lost his wife. That There's people in the community that may be just in a vulnerable place. So, yes, Absolutely, we need to look after our family, keep them safe. If you have the capacity, if you have the emotional capacity as well as the time capacity or even financial capacity to do it, who around you could you just give some time to? Maybe somebody just needs a bit of help or carrying some food backwards and forwards, delivering groceries or looking after the house, you know, making sure the house is safe. I don't know. There's well, I think a fantastic lady that we both know, Ro, that you know, I won't say her name, but she knows who she is. She's, you know, campaigning currently because the food banks are running completely dry. Nobody's donating. Yeah. So she, she's saying, whoever has food, leave it on your doorstep. I will come and collect it and deliver it to the food bank because she has that capacity. So that's an example of what you're speaking about here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think that was the only other area I wanted to come. I mean, there's a lot we can talk about on a personal level, personal relationships. But for now bear in mind time i think that's a good two two or three things we've covered there in relationships okay then let's talk about money as a final section money okay so money is you might think of money as just being what's in your pocket and it is but actually the, the concept of money in the five a day and the principle of money in this whole ingredient process this recipe for success is money is everything from your debt how you manage your money how much you earn how you allocate that money, how you manage that money when it comes into the household, your relationship with money, as and this is all to do with the outside world, as well as how, how you cash flow forecast in your household. But then how do you earn money and how do you create wealth? So it's everything from the debt side of money right through to the extreme other end, which is managing extreme levels of wealth or attracting more wealth into your into your world. So that's the philosophy of the, the, the money subject here and it integrates with everything else. Yeah. In terms of what could we do under the current circumstances, if I tackle one first, maybe you can pick one up as well. Uh, reviewing your finances, I think, is one of the biggest things at the moment. I hear a lot of people talking about this. I had a conversation with a gentleman that owns a cafe yesterday. He said, I think it's just suddenly hit me. 
the impact this is going to have on us. Uh, and I said, well, he said, you know, we, we've just got to sit down. I said, well, sit down and look at your outgoings and what your incomings are. What have they been in the past? What are they in the future, do you think, with the current situation? How long do you think this is going to last? Maybe assume four, eight weeks. How does that impact you on a business level? But it's the same thing in the family. So a few tips here is take an evening to just open up your accounts. And if you haven't got a set of accounts, open up a spreadsheet. And if you're not good with spreadsheets, just simply write down what are our main outgoings on a monthly basis? What does that equate to? That's unlikely to change massively because although you might be staying at home, you might not be eating out as much. And although you're staying at home, you might not be spending as much money on fuel, for example. So what are your overall outgoing costs for the household? And then projecting ahead four, six, eight weeks you might want to go out to 12, but certainly four to eight weeks. What is going to be your overall cost of living over that period? Now, on the basis that you might have a mortgage, you might be renting from a landlord, you might have loans out or credit cards out or any type of borrowing. They are also costs. So what you have, and you know this harms because you've done this with me in the past, but you have essential costs and non-essential costs. Essential being feeding yourself, looking after the kids, keeping the house warm, for example, getting water, everything that you need to survive physically. Then you've got non-essentials, which would be things like cable TV, subscriptions, money owed to credit cards, banks and loans, although it is important, isn't necessarily essential for you to survive. So you could separate those and say, can I reduce those temporarily? So, for example, in the United Kingdom, the banks are talking about holiday periods where you don't have to pay your mortgage for a month or two or three months, but then that gets added to your mortgage in the future. So I would suggest maybe a phone call to your mortgage lender to see what their current situation is with the coronavirus situation at the moment is how long do they consider they're going to help you so they might say well actually we are offering a holiday period and it is four months and it will be added to your mortgage if you've got a landlord find out what the landlord's philosophy is at the moment you know we are landlords you and i harm so each landlord's going to have a different approach to this the banks get the government is trying to enforce certain things and to help both parties out both landlords and tenants those rules are evolving in front of us but maybe if you've got a relationship with your landlord find out what the philosophy is from your landlord directly if you've got a loan out with the bank credit card companies see if you can get a stay of execution explain the situation you know you're not working you've got no income coming in for the next two months can they help you out can they can they move that commitment back a couple of months and add it on so you have some slightly higher payments in the future and that's where being a part of a fantastic network within your business niche is critical because we've been sharing this where you've sent a few things to me i've sent a few things for you i've got a group where we're actively proactively doing this exactly what you're talking about so we can preempt whatever's going to happen yes so i think that for now from the money side is a really important step because remember when there's a lack of clarity there's often confusion and confusion creates fear and the panic when you've got clarity you might say yeah but Ro, now i've got clarity i know exactly how bad it, things are but at least you know <laughs> you can do something about it but when you don't know you're managing uncertainties and uncertainties you can't get solutions to them because when somebody says well how can i help you go, i'm not exactly sure but if you say how can i help you i need to reduce my mortgage payments by 50 percent. great let's talk to the lender or i need to see if i can reduce the interest rate i'm paying on that loan let me go talk to the bank would you reduce my loan for the next six months to help me out but now we've got clarity without clarity you can't make decisions so clarity is power in this current marketplace Agree, Ro. And I think just to add to that, not to go too deep into it, because I think right now it's a case of reviewing the money systems you have in place. And again, I'll point people towards the money 
management series that Rose got in the Growth Tribes vault, which is incredible. And, and we'll talk about this in detail. I think one of the first things you get them to do is actually review and extract that data. So if you need some guidance with that, I would highly recommend that series. Then in addition to that, row, rather than a practical thing they can do, I just wanted a, more of a mental stimulation and, and maybe something they can journal around, which is, you know, really the, asking the question, did I get complacent? And this applies to every single one of us, which is we have to typically own the money situation that we have in our life. You know, if this was to happen again, which I do believe it will, what would we do differently? What would my family do? What would I do with my money differently? Would I start to collect a war chest with a higher percentage in comparison to other things? And that will make sense when you do the money uh, management video series, which talks about that. And I guess here it is really where is just to own the situation as Right now, I imagine there's going to be a percentage of people, a smaller percentage, you say, okay, this is great. This is one hell of a learning experience. And I can go into review mode. I can go into business forecasting mode, scenario mapping mode. But there's also going to be a percentage of people who just blame. And that's really saying, I'm just blaming coronavirus for this. I'm blaming the government for their, for this. I'm blaming the airport authorities for this. I'm blaming this country, that country, that president, whatever the scenario mm -hmm. is, but blaming everybody apart from themselves, blaming the policies and the virus. I think we need to move away from that and treat this as one hell of an extreme learning curve so that when this does happen again, and there's actually rumors, you know, there's, there's certain very intelligent people who are forecasting that because of these outbreaks, we are going to have to go into regular periods of isolation rather than, okay, don't worry, guys, this will happen in 10 years time. It may be once or twice a year that actually we do this. So how do we hedge against that going forward? What could I do differently? So I think this is more just firing questions at the listeners that they can write down and then just explore it with their own creative minds or tap into experts who may help guidance or help provide guidance for that. So I think that's all I have to add for the money section, Ro. Is there a way we can wrap this up? I think we've covered a huge amount here in a short space of time. And hopefully if you're listening and you're you think, oh my gosh, there's a lot here, go back over this, take some notes. And even if you just pick out of the five areas, pick maybe three areas you want to work on or spread it over the period of the next few weeks, but do something. I mean, I guess chosen these because we think they're very appropriate to the current situation. If we were to talk again in six to 12 months time, there'd be different messages here. But I think all of these are extremely important in the current climate where we stand at the moment. So I think to wrap it up is just get access to people with the right mindset. Try and avoid victim conversations. Try and talk to people more in a constructive way. Yes, we can't avoid it. If there's a piece of news, we're going to talk about it. What's the impact? For example, tonight in the UK, we might get an announcement, all roads closed tomorrow or Saturday as I'm recording this. There's going to be a reactive response to that, which is, okay, so what do we do next? But equally, don't forget that there's a bigger picture. You're looking at the top of the mountain. Which path do you want to take down the mountain? One is going to be a rocky one, talking to people in a negative way. One is going to be not necessarily less rockier, but it's a navigated path where you go twists and turns, then you go through some trees, and then you come out the other side onto a bit of a meadow over a river. It's a bit rocky again, but at least you're going in the right direction. That's about the mindset conversations. Try and avoid victim mode. Listen to people that are in a positive mindset. So that would be, you know, YouTube videos where there's people being constructive. You can join us on the vault if you want to in the, in the growth tribes. Learn from people that are really in that space of emotional development. Help others if you can in whatever capacity it is. And, you know, above all else, grow from this. Don't shrink from this. I think that's my final statement, really. Fantastic. 
So I think that's a great way to uh, sum everything up. And I think there's been some underlying themes here, which is learn, grow and expand through times like this rather than contract. And something which you also mentioned, Ro, which is once you've handled your internal situation, your family and, and your own four walls, how can you help the greater community? Mm. Ask the question, you know, with all the fear and fear-driven behavior, what is the consequence of my action right now? So when you go and take four items when there's only five left on the shelf, what is the consequence of that action? I think if we all take this approach, we can all start to behave in a sensible, rational manner as a community. So there's you there handling yourself and also them, the wider world. So I think there's an underlying theme here, which is grow. And then once you've grown, how can you help the others around you? So on that note, Ro, I think like you started the episode, which is we send our love and thoughts to your families and everybody affected by this, whether it's mildly, whether it's severe, you know, the same love and thoughts go to everybody and continue, I guess, to trust the information that has been staggered out there into the public domain. Stay Mm. safe, stay aware. And I guess my final message is act for yourself but also in the interest of all the others out there as a wider community. So from a special episode, I guess, in unprecedented times, this is myself and Ro signing out. And remember, everything that we spoke about today will be on the show notes and links to each of those video series, which will help you expand and grow through these times. So myself and Ro signing out. We'll see you on the next episode. It's Dr. Rowe here. Harms and I would both like to personally thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Growth Tribes. And if you've gained just one insight, something positive that you're able to use on a personal level, on a professional level, to help your life, maybe even other people's lives, then we'd love it if you could take action on one of the following things. You can either simply subscribe so you don't miss out on any other great insights coming up in the future. You can share this podcast with close friends so they can also get the benefits of the tips and tools that we're sharing. Or it would be amazing if you could give us a review and let others know just how great this episode was. And finally, if you do have a question, don't forget to submit it on growthtribes.com forward slash podcast. Thank you again for listening. This is Dr. Rowan Harm signing out and we'll see you again on the next podcast.